What is missing? Why am I not happy? Those are questions that Lyra Satyanarana asked before walking away from a multi-million dollar real estate business, packing up her family, and moving to a tiny mountain town in Colorado. The question that comes up a lot, especially with women who are so successful, is I have everything that should make me happy, but something is missing because I'm not as happy as they're telling me I should be. By connecting with the bigger vision for her life through her spirituality, the entrepreneur and writer is learning that the answer to those questions is closer than you might think. My name is Lyra Satchanarayana, and this is a lesson on following your intuition. What is your earliest memory of being creative? It goes all the way back to when I was a kid and I fine-tuned my leadership skills riding a yellow banana seat bike. <laughs> all the neighborhood kids trailing after me. So I kind of set the course and made up the games that we were playing that day and just did the things. Banana seat bike, pretty early. <laughs> I remember those banana seat bikes. Yes. <laughs> I had training wheels on mine for some time. So tell me when we met, your story was quite different than what it was now. And we met at a, I guess, a leadership mastermind slash conference slash meetup. And you were running a very successful real estate company. Four years ago, I was the CEO of a real estate brokerage. We had offices in four cities. And the reason that I joined the leadership conference was because I was interested in finding the balance that conscious entrepreneurs talk about. Like, how do you balance work life with personal life? It was part of the advertising for that conference. So as a new mother, I had just adopted my second child from Ethiopia. I was in crisis mode trying to run my company and be mom. And I got my answer within days of leaving the conference. And that was, this isn't for me. Which isn't for you? It was, I can't do both. I can't be the 50 person CEO and have kids. I realized in hindsight that it wasn't the right business for me because I'm certainly capable of operating as a business professional, as a CEO and as a mother, mm -hmm. but being so far out there in that extremely masculine male dominated industry leadership type of role, it just wasn't for me. It, was, it felt like a conflict. We had a three and a half to $4 million a year revenue brand. And so my take home was over 200,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And I just closed everything down virtually overnight. And I had no plan on what was going to happen and how that was going to go. Mm -hmm. And you were the main breadwinner in your family. I, was. As well. I mean, you worked together, yes. but you were the hustling. Yeah. So we worked together at the real estate brokerage. So when we decided to close it mm -hmm. down, our income literally went to zero. And we packed up all our stuff, sold everything that we could and just hit the road. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get your husband on board with this? Because obviously a lot of women are it can't. So how did you do that? So my husband and I, we went through a divorce as part of this sort of life evolution process. But at the time, getting him on board was just sitting down and having quality conversations. Mm -hmm. And it was, this is no longer for me. And when you have that kind of resolve of this is not for me, you can't do it anymore. And I think he saw that in my eyes and felt it in my body. Like my wife can't do this thing anymore. And so he said, okay. And he had tremendous amount of faith in me and in us that ha has not been displaced. Actually, You'll, we'll come back to that. I'm sure later in the conversation, but it was, okay, we're done. This chapter of our life is now behind us. We don't know what's coming next. It's going to be an adventure, but I trust you. I trust us. Let's go. So 
tell me then you pack it up you have no income Mm -hmm. you are living at that point were you living in texas we lived in denver we lived in a high-rise apartment overlooking union station like the penthouse high-rise <laughs> when i say when i say our life shifted overnight it was like we had to climb down the mountaintop you know climb down the the high-rise take the elevator to the bottom floor and start again <laughs> and what did you do so what was what was the first step in the plan because you're following intuition in this moment and people always think oh intuition it means that uh, things are going to be bunny rabbits and roses but actually that's that's not the case sometimes your intuition leads you into darkness but it's it's still part of the growth so what happened yes so i was on my way to a friend's house for a housewarming party and when i got there it was all of her personal friends I had served as a real estate broker. That's why I was invited. And her friends were very spiritual. And somebody walked up to me and they said, I have a message for you from spirit. You need to go to a mountain town called Crestone. And I said, what's Crestone? Because I had grown up in Colorado, but had never heard of that town. And she was like, I don't know. It's just a message that I got from spirit. And so I went home and I thought about it. The courageous audacity that somebody would have to just walk up and introduce themselves or even before introducing themselves say this is a message I have for you essentially from God. Did you think they were crazy though? I, you know what? It hit me in a way that I knew she wasn't crazy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Well, just to me, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how. So what about to somebody who's not experienced in this way? Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, this stranger comes up to you and says, move to the city. I don't yeah. know that I would receive that. Right. So I received it in the sense that I sat with it. Right. And I, I took it home with me and I sort of looked at what is Crestone? Where is it in the state? Did I know anybody living nearby? I'll take a visit before I just head there. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I found friends that lived about an hour away from there. I went and visited them. And I had an experience that weekend that led me to understand that my life was not just changing career-wise, that I was going to be headed in a completely different direction. Like I would show up in the world completely differently than I had been to that point. And what was the experience? Can you share it? Absolutely. So we went to mutual friends home in the mountains about an hour away from Creststone, little town called Salida, Colorado. And we got snowed in. So we were there for four days and we ate great food and we did yoga and we made mala and we read books and we had quality conversation. And I asked a question. I said, do you always spend your day like this? And she says, yes, every day. This is what we do. And I was awestruck. I could not believe that people live that way. I was so used to hustling and climbing ladders and setting goals and working 70 hours a week that I, I didn't even know that there was a lifestyle that could be focused around meeting people where they are and enjoying your life and loving your home and loving friendships and cultivating that community. It just, it was so foreign to me, but I was instantly fell in love with it. And so you moved. I moved three weeks later. <laughs> wow. And so we wound up in that little mountain town where I stayed for about a year and then moved to Crestone because that little cliffhanger that that stranger had left me with, this is where you need to be. I suddenly knew that's where I needed to go and this was the right time. And so I went to Crestone. Spiritual evolution of my soul. I got to spend two years on the side of a mountain, really isolated. I think a lot of people are anxious about an experience like that, but it was something that my soul craved and I needed after spending the last 10 years of my life literally working myself to the bone. What are your kids doing? 
the kids, boy, they are troopers. They love to travel. They love to be outside. They love to play. And they are outside of routine. So many kids find themselves clinging to routine. My kids are not that. And so they're the right kids for me, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So they were just there with me. And that's the time frame where I went through the divorce process was during that period of time I lived in Crestone. It was, again, my deep knowing, my intuition of this marriage is no longer the right fit for me. I can't move forward in my path. I can't move forward being in the world who I truly am if I'm inside of this marriage, right? And so we split and he moved to Texas. And I want to say right here, we are still very good friends. And we are now starting a completely different company together that is spiritually focused, mm -hmm. right? So it was the ripping apart of the company, the evolution of my soul, moving into something spiritual and coming back full circle with somebody who remains one of my best friends to this day, starting a spiritually focused business, mm -hmm. but outside of that marriage partnership. Mm -hmm. So no chance for rekindling maybe of the marriage? Not on our plate. Hmm. My kids are five and six. And so my six-year-old kind of was like, oh, you were married once? Yes. She doesn't remember. Mm. And then could you be married again? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I say? Like in theory, we could be married again, but it's just not, it's not for us. It's not the relationship dynamic that we work best in. And that's why our marriage split in the first place, right? Because we built our marriage around a successful, thriving business. Then you rip that away. Well, I'm a new person now. He's a newer person coming back together to start a spiritual oriented business. Doesn't mean we have to be married again. You are wearing a shirt, religion, government, Catholicism, unholy trinity. So you've been really giving thought to the way businesses operate. We had a, touched on briefly the idea of the masculine and the drive of the masculine. And I know we talk offline amongst ourselves <laughs> about what it means to be a woman leader in this moment. So talk to me about some of the teachings that you mm -hmm. uncovered during this time and then what it is you're working on now. When you're sitting in relative isolation on the side of the mountain, the things that are coming into your awareness, coming to your mind, coming into your body, they just look really different than when you're living downtown, surrounded by all the things, right? So I spent much more time in nature. I spent much more time in silence and in solitude, reading books, spiritual books. I've read many of the ancient spiritual texts. And some of the things that really came out of that was understanding how far removed we are from living our life as divinely human beings. People have separated out your divinity from your humanity to the capacity that we compartmentalize it. I show up in this capacity as spiritual and I show up and do this role as my humanness. And it, it's really not separate. And so I looked at where did that separation come from? And so much of it comes from these three, from this unholy trinity. The government that, you know, in some capacity is our overlords creating all the rules. Capitalism is so distorted. Pure capitalism can be beautiful, but what we have here in the US is just not that. It is, you know, encouraging people to work themselves to the bone for very little money. So people get wealthy at the top, but it doesn't trickle down. 
it's these pieces of this unholy trinity. And when they work together, it's almost hard to extract yourself from. And I I put religion as one of them, which might surprise you because I'm talking so much about spirituality, but religion in the context of being wielded as a way to control people. And you think about the power of the Christian church and the voting block that they have here in the United States, evangelicals, just wielding their weight as millions strong. This is our values and we want to put it on you big groups of people with ideologies that want to be put on you to control you. I extracted myself from it, essentially. Isn't though the, I mean, just to play angel's advocate here, isn't that the whole purpose though of coming together? And we talk a lot about collaboration with women. It's one of our stronger things that we do. So if those values, and I'm not evangelical in any respect and don't align myself with those values, but it kind of makes sense that they would want to come together and to use their voice in that way. Now, to use it to put your values on me, that's a different story. Mm. But if you want to live your life according to your values, it seems like, isn't that a good thing? I do believe that living your life according to your values is a good thing. But you think about the history of the Christian church in America, the history of that religion is highly patriarchal in nature. All the Abrahamic religions are. Mm. And I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion or belief system on their own religion. If your religion is part of your path, it's part of your path. I'm not trying to take that from you. Mm -hmm. But when you let it seep over to trying to control how your neighbor is running their life or to control how work is being done or control which laws are being passed to control people nine states over, it just becomes a little bit disconcerting to me. So we're talking about the liberalism. This is very liberal point of view, obviously, for whatever reason, as we define it now in this culture. So what have you been teaching our solutions to this? Because we're not going to undo capitalism anytime soon. The whole point of believing that people can believe what it is they want to is not trying to change their way of being. So what is your message to teach in this moment? Number one is extract yourself and look for the opportunity to do that and and try and understand what is preventing you from extracting yourself. So my mom is maybe a good example of this. She's in her 60s, early 60s. And she was, when I retire, when I have enough money saved, when I accomplish all these things, when I have a second home, then I'll retire and live my life the way that I want to. And she had an epiphany in November, right around election time. And the epiphany was, I can never exit the system by working inside of it. And so she took early retirement from her job and she packed up all her stuff and she moved to Costa Rica. She's not wealthy. She had a few thousand in her bank account. She's got a very modest monthly income, but she knew that she could either work until she dies trying to achieve something that everybody said she had to, or decide today's the day that I exit the system and live how I want to live. People chase their purpose. What's my purpose? And they find deep dissatisfaction in their life if they feel that they're not living their purpose. And so how you can sort of navigate around that to make yourself more comfortable is whatever you're doing today is for you. It is the thing that you're supposed to be doing until it's not. And so you don't make these long-term commitments of a year or 10 years or 30 years. You show up in the moment and give 100% to the moment, to being present with what you're doing until that's not for you anymore. And you'll know when. And so I used to do this in my real estate brokerage. I'd sit around a a big table with 30 people and I'd say, raise your hand if you're going to be a real estate broker your whole life. Two or three hands would go up not even mine. And I told them, I said, 
as long as you're with my company, as long as you're working in this industry, show up and be present and do it 100%. And if it's not for you anymore, then move on and do that thing. But for people with their purpose, they use it as an excuse to not work hard in the moment, to not show up as present and really to kind of like be miserable. Like, oh, I'm, I have a job, but it's not my purpose. And so I'm not working as hard or I have a job and it's not my purpose. And I'm lost in not finding it. So the message can get a little skewed if it's causing your unhappiness or dissatisfaction and to not work hard. So this is really for someone who is feeling the bill of goods they've been given Mm -hmm. is false. This is not, if you know, if your life is not broke, you don't need to fix it. But if you are feeling lost in some capacity, if you are feeling that you are misaligned, that you are not at your core in joy, then this is an alternative. Is that correct? Yes. A question that comes up a lot, especially with women who are so successful, is I have everything that should make me happy, Hmm. but something is missing because I'm not as happy as they're telling me I should be. Hmm. And so you have to step back and ask, well, what is it that's truly missing? That's a big part of my revolution. My evolution in this process was just, wow. I have the life everybody wants to live, success, the husband, the cute kids, all the things. And I was miserable, totally miserable. So if I asked you to define what was missing, I don't know if you have language for it. What would you say was missing? Was there one thing or were there many things? Um, The one thing was knowing myself, truly understanding who am I fully divine as a human because I had separated it so far. I had to reclaim my divinity for myself to understand this is my divinity as a human. What do you mean by that? Your spiritual connection to yourself, your spiritual connection to God who lives inside of you or spirit or universe or whatever language that you choose to use. How much time do you spend understanding who you are and then operating at the depths of you? Not doing something because somebody has told you that's what you need to do or not doing something because society says this is the definition of success, but my soul This is how I have to show up and navigate. Mm -hmm. This is what I am in this world. This is what I'm bringing to this world. And people get so far separated from that that they wake up and go like, my God, what am I doing here? Is this beyond intuition? I think there's some pieces beyond intuition. I call it direct knowing. And really, maybe it's just an evolution of intuition in some capacity. Intuition is a hunt. I'm supposed to head in this direction. Knowing is I have to do this. I'm committed to this because it's me, because it's for me. There's a line in a movie, I think it's Slumdog Millionaire, where it's like, it is written. And that line stuck with me for a long time. It is written. And so when I come to these places of deep knowing where I have to do something or where I commit, it's with that it is written as if it's already been done. And I'm just walking that path. There is research, though, that talks about future forecasting. That if you do visioning, writing it out, writing out your future self, we even work on that as well, that having an idea of who you will be in the future actually creates your future in that direction. So are you not advocating for that? There's different levels of it. So I used to do vision planning, vision board parties with my real estate brokers. And we would sit around the table and we would cut out all the things from the magazines and glue them onto the boards and hang them in our room. And it works. That visualizing absolutely works, bar none. 
But on Monday morning, they still showed up as 110% realtor because it wasn't like, oh, I'm not in my purpose. I don't have these things. Therefore, ooh, I'm not in my purpose. It was, it was really empowering. I'm working hard today because it's part of my future, even if I don't fully understand it yet. Um, this is an interesting thing also mm. when you talk about the evolution of manifesting things. I am working on this new brand and I, I got stuck on the color scheme, right? How many people work on their own branding and get stuck on the colors? I'm working on brand colors. I was looking for really specific blue and I, I spent about 45 minutes trying to find this blue and I just sat back so frustrated. And I was like, Ugh, I need help here. And a whisper into my ear comes a color code, a six digit color code. And I write it down and I type it in and I was like, oh, therein is my blue. Okay. And so when you think about what will my life be like in the future, mm -hmm. how much of it is filtered through what we think we want because we've been advertised to magazine clippings, this car that I want, this house that I want, whatever, versus, okay, I'm going to be showing up in the world as this. And I don't know how I'm going to get there, when, who's going to help me, how it's going to work. But I know it's part of my future. And I'm just trusting that my everyday decisions are going to get me there. Mm, that's interesting. And it it goes to the point of staying out of the how. Oh, yeah. You have a sense of the larger vision coming to you. Yeah. And yes, you're present in your everyday decisions in such a way that the unfolding can be really fun and really joyful mm -hmm. and will be more fun and more joyful because you're not committed to what you think the path is to take you there in the fastest way because it rarely works the way that you want it to, quite frankly. Oh, man. Yes. And I have goosebumps as you're saying that because that is so right on. If you can live in that space, like your life is magical every day, every hour as it unfolds is so magical. Even the crappy things. And I think that's what we're talking about. Even yeah. the things that would to the world seem to be terrible. Oh, yeah. my marriage is coming undone or, oh, my career is I'm making a different choice. The way that it gets built back up is different than you ever expected. Exactly. And I think the big story and the little story sometimes refit themselves together in a beautiful new puzzle that you didn't even know you were building, right? And so I was married for 11 years. We've been divorced now for almost three. Still a good friend. And now we're building a new brand together. That's the big thing and the small thing re-engineered to look a completely different way. And I have a really practical example yesterday of what you were talking about. I got locked out of my Instagram account and couldn't reconnect it. And it was such a little thing to be irritated by, but boy, was I frustrated. And I spent an hour on it and finally was like, no more of this. I am not spending another minute on Instagram. And I went and meditated and went outside and played with my kids. And then later in the day, it became really clear that I had to have creativity left over for something that needed to be done exactly in that moment. And so last night, as I'm doing this other creative project and working on a splash page, I was like, wow, I would have had zero creativity if I had spent another minute on Instagram. I got locked out so I could do this. And so I think that the message distilled down the alchemy of it, the, the magic of being able to take a bad thing and turn it into a good thing is when you go, Ugh, why did this happen to me? To man, that had to happen. I had to happen to get me to where I am. Or how how is this happening for me? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. How is it happening for me? Do you think there is such a thing as feminine leadership? I do think that there is a very distorted masculine leadership. Anything that doesn't feel like that right now is being labeled as feminine. 
and where we're headed is a very major balance of it, if that makes sense. How do you define feminine leadership principles? What do those mean to you? One important principle would be leading from intuition versus something that I think myself through and make decisions completely in my brain. Community building and community focus is another one. I know studies show that if you give money to the women, the communities thrive. Mm -hmm. And so those are a couple of really core leadership principles that are emerging mm -hmm. and then they're labeled as feminine right now. They're just stronger leadership skills. I'm curious when you were leading your real estate company, would you say you were leading from the feminine or were you leading from the masculine? Without a doubt, I was more balanced than a lot of people were, but I was very masculine. I'm very comfortable in masculine energy. I have a lot of masculine energy. I say sometimes I'm 50-50 or a hundred hundred running both at the same time. But there was times where things would run through me and it would be the logic bypassing my heart right out into the grit of getting it done. Mm. And it just doesn't work that way anymore. The things that I'm doing are intuition or heart led. Well, it's also interesting because the heart has a much greater magnetic field yeah. than the brain and the thoughts of the brain. So that if you disconnect, there's such a belief and a movement to turn off emotion. But if you disconnect from that, actually, that's where you have disconnected from your power. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I do look back and wonder, why was I so magnetic? What about me was so magnetized in that industry? And it's because I did run my brokerage with more feminine principles than all the other real estate brokerages. Even though I was still very masculine, I was relatively much more feminine than most. And right. I would talk about things like hope, right? And helping people that were underserved. And those, those things come from the heart. And so people would be like, whoop, hmm. magnetized. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I asked you to complete the sentence, my wish for every other woman is, my wish for every woman is that they would find themselves in joy while in solitude. Because if you can do that, that is the seed that is planted that the rest of your life can grow from. You have all of the answers when you ask the right questions. Be visible. Speak your truth. Every other woman needs you to lead. Voice Lessons is produced, written, and spoken by me, Kim Cutable. It's also produced and edited by Sergio Miranda and associate produced by Jessica Manalga. Our music was created by singer-songwriter Claire Hamill. You can find out when we post new episodes when you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And if you liked what you've heard, we would love it if you leave us a review. For other inspiration, updates, and show notes, subscribe at voicelessonspodcast.com. Oh.